If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base, a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. This is Everything is Personal with Len May. Everyone, welcome to another episode of Everything is Personal. As always, the star of the show, my co-host, the shining star, Mr. John Small. I'm really your <laughs> id, but no, I mean I'm your I, I am your co-host, but I also yeah. I'm your enhancer. Yeah, this is your show. You say I'm the star of the show. This is the Len May show. I'm just here for the ride. I'm the Robin Quivers. I laugh at the jokes. I maybe offer some witty banter. Well, you should laugh a little bit more then. <laughs> I should. <laughs> if you're I Robin really... Quivers, if you're comparing yourself, it's true. <laughs> I know she's so good at that. I really need. We really. We oh, should actually Howard. just hire somebody who just laughs at all our jokes. Um, that's that true. would be a great. That's a great. If anybody's interested, please send a yeah. resume. So how you doing? Um, I'm well. I'm doing well. I'm wearing my my Beastie Boys shirt today. Um, I did notice that that license to ill shirt. I had the exact same shirt. And the funny is thing is, I had it today. I was like, which shirt should I wear? And I had that one in my hand. I was like, ah, you know what? I, I wore Beasties before. Let me represent. The woo, oh woo, represent. I got the woo. That's a really chambers. good one. That's yeah. a cool. Since you cool are shirt. going like Japanese Asian style, it's got the dragon on there and all that yeah. stuff. So, and the um, my licensed seal BC Boys shirt is uh, it's a it's actually I mean it's the cover of their album, but it's also a it looks like it's a poster to a show in Madison Square Garden in eighty yeah. seven. I can't even imagine seeing the Beasties at, at Madison Square Garden eighty seven. That must be an insane show. That was when they were in their just insane uh, party phase. It was, it, was Rick Rubin, it was the Rick Rubin show where he was uh, watching like professional wrestling and he was getting everybody riled up. Right, right. That was the show. And they're almost embarrassed about this phase of their career, although the music that they put out during this time was oh, extraordinary. Yeah. And all represent to Wu. I saw Wu's documentary on Showtime. Have you yeah. seen that? I recommend yeah. that. That was really yeah. interesting. Incredible, yeah. I knew the, nothing about it. There was them. a really bad show, I think. I'm not connecting to it on the Hulu. It's not a documentary, but it's a show about the Wu. Uh, with the is it Mac the one where it's it's a scripted show, right? Yeah, it's a scripted yeah, show. I, 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 not, as soon as I heard it was scripted, I, I'm I trying, I'm trying, but it's you like, you want to like it. Yeah, it's so put on and it really doesn't connect. A lot is going on in the world of cannabis this week, right? I mean, it is like, there's a lot I going on in the world. Uh, yeah, period, the, right? yeah, beyond the, yeah, in the world. And then cannabis happens to just be going for the ride. I went on a, I'm not even sure I'm supposed to talk about it because I, I, what happens in my men's group stays in my men's group. We're not supposed to, but I'll talk about doesn't it. doesn't anyway. matter. Nobody listens to this podcast Yeah, that's anyway. true. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's just <laughs> you and I. So I had this thing. I have a, a really, I don't know if it's a fear, a disdain for the cold. 
I hate the cold. Even though I'm from Philly, I can't stand it. I hate the feeling of being cold. Mm. So we uh, were going on a pretty intense hike, three and a half hour hike up to Skull Rock in the middle of the night with no lights. Pitch Have you done darkness. this? Yeah. So this time around, and this would have been my third time. The first time I literally thought I was going to die. My heart was like jumping out of my chest. I was sweating. I, I started losing sensation in, in my legs. And the guy back of me was like pushing me up so I could make it. This sounds like me on an edible. <laughs> well, we do, <laughs> we, do, uh, we do consume. And the first time we did it with uh, a microdose of psilocybin, which was interesting. Oh and then the, uh, we do consume a little bit of cannabis, uh, just a little bit. Right uh, to enhance but, the journey, but this, but in, but okay, so I, I cut you off. So you're you're going up this hill, and your heart is being out of your chest. Why is that? Just because the cold? It's so cold. No, 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 no. This this was the first time I did it. I, I was okay. so out of shape, out of oh, like hiking shape that I couldn't make. It was very intense. It's three and a half mm -hmm. hours. It's pitch darkness, and what you're doing is right. you're just relying on the person in front of you. Mm. So this time around, we get out. And it's a cold, a relatively cold night. I mean, L.A. cold. We're like. You know, it gets pretty much pussies. in the hills. Yeah, We're pretty exactly. much pussies. I mean, let's say like 52 degrees. Oh my God, right. it's freezing. Where's my right. scarf? You know, that yeah, kind exactly. Of thing. But, you know, so we get out, and the guy who's leading the group, <clears throat> he's like, uh, We're going to do it a little bit differently this time. So we're going to do it in silence, and we're going to do it with an intention of love. We have uh, somebody, one of our um, brothers is sick uh, from COVID, actually. Mm. He's got uh, symptoms. The other guys really, really, really didn't. So we're, we're praying and sending love to him. But he said, but we're going to do it shirtless this time around. I was like, wow. what? I am not doing it shirtless. Fuck so polar that. Bear club? I am yeah. freezing. I am freezing. Well, we already did the polar bear thing in the, in the, the dead of winter. We uh, jumped in the ocean. And I was like, man. That now, is... why are you doing these things? Is it well, just to. <clears throat> this, is a, this is a men's group. Just, it's a, we just get together as brothers. We support each other and all yeah. these other things. But the reason why, it depends on who's leading the group. The reason why I'm, I'm doing these things is to overcome certain obstacles. And be able to prove to yourself that you can do anything. Like you feel really good when you're able to overcome something. And a lot of things are really in your, in your brain. You're much more powerful than you think that you are when you're faced yeah. with a challenge. And when you overcome that challenge, you feel much stronger. So I don't know if you're familiar with David Goggins. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, he did BUDS training, uh, like SEAL Special Forces three mm -hmm. times. He wrote this book, Can't Hurt Me. And he did this whole, and it's, I, I highly recommend this book. It's, uh, it's really intense. And the guy goes, he's a crazy maniac of what he does. But he talks about when you really think you can't do something, well, that's all in your mind. You can. You can push yourself beyond many different things. And he has this thing like, yeah, lift your arm up as high as you possibly can. You lift it up as high as you possibly can. As high as you possibly can? Yeah, okay. Now lift it up a little bit more. And you always have a little bit more in you, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the whole concept, that you have a little bit more. And if you're fearful of something, if it's something is unpleasant, like go for it. You can overcome that. So I'm wearing, this is how I'm dressed, by the way. I have a beanie on. I have a t-shirt. I have a hoodie. And I have a jacket. Right. And, I, and that's how I'm going. You're layering. Hunt. Yeah, layering because uh, I'll be I'll be uh, warmer. I'll take off the jacket. I'll just have the hoodie. Worst case scenario, if I'm hot, which I would doubt it, I would have a t-shirt. He goes, no, shirtless. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. He goes, dude, just do it. You're gonna you're gonna be fine. And he's a doctor. I'm like, all right. Well, if the doctor says uh, you're gonna be fine, so I start walking over there and uh, I have a t-shirt on, and we're walking towards the hike, and I'm shivering in a t-shirt. 
granted, you know, 50 some degrees, not that cold, but whatever. It's cold. But within, I'd say, 10 minutes of hiking, uh, when I took my shirt off, I was warm. It went yeah. away. And then, we, and then we stopped three times, uh, twice along the way. And then uh, we were doing some things and, and I was freezing again because we weren't moving. But as long as you're moving and so, yeah, I can overcome it. But yeah, I mean, it, was, it was intense, three and a half hours. Now, are you happy that you overcame that? It's not fear of the cold, but do you think it'll make you more tolerant of the cold now? No, because I was freezing. I was out last night, and I was sitting there, and I was like, where's the heat lamp? I'm freezing. <laughs> right, last night, right. I wasn't even that cold. No, it's it's not that, I but I know that I can. If you know I you can to. do it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I don't like to feel uncomfortable, but if, if I'm put in a situation, and we're all, if we're all of us are put in a situation, we have a lot more in us than we think we do, and we can overcome yeah. that. You know, we'll do an episode about... You know, personal development. People make fun of me all the time. Oh, like uh, Tony Robbins, this, that. I'm like, yeah, but it's it's not about, you're not following a cult leader. You're not a sheep. <clears throat> you're taking bits and pieces of information mm-hmm. that's provided to you and you create that for yourself. If you're not growing, you're dying. I mean, there's, you know, there's like, so it's all about- it's, No, yeah. I'm glad you made that distinction about the cult leader because it's interesting. I just did a podcast with a woman who specializes in cults and deprogramming people from cults and- right. Her definition really of a cult is like a charismatic leader where you're following somebody. And so like sometimes my hesitation with things like, um, and we can talk about this in another podcast because my background with cults is is kind of bad. You had the the guru, right? I had the guru, yeah. (laughs) I mean, the MC guru, and then I actually had a true guru, uh, although it was my family's guru. So it was not something that I had chosen to be in initially. But anyway, that's a whole other story. But I think the point is that like, yeah, I think if, if you find value in these things, you know, and help you grow as a person. I, I'm all for it. I think when, whenever you hand over your power to somebody else to tell you what to do, um, then it becomes a cult and it becomes something completely different, yeah. which is why I'm very alarmed about what's happening in the country now with people sort of handing over their agency to a president oh, or some yeah. crazy people um, power, yeah. in a, power. We think we, yeah. we think we have this democracy, but do we really? But we, we can... We uh, yet can another whole, topic. We, we always come a, up with topics in the middle of the show. We, I know, it's... Because it's like the, me, yeah. the ADD kicks in. You're like a squirrel moment. It's another thing that comes up. But we'll, we'll put it on the list. We'll have a whole talk about personal development and cults because I think you and I both have interesting perspectives on that. For but you sure. started out talking about cannabis and a lot of things are going I on did. with cannabis. So I just oh, yeah. saw Earl Blumauer. Blumauer. Blum, does, does that sound uh, correct? Uh, just that guy up. Earl. Yeah. I used to have a cat named Earl. <laughs> <laughs> I love he's, the name Earl. <laughs> he's the representative for Oregon, I believe, if uh, I could. We love Oregon. Yeah. yeah. So he's been a huge cannabis activist, and he just uh, posted, I was uh, following him in, on Instagram, and he posted, like, I waited 47 years to preside over this uh, this vote. Like, they're, they're looking at moving, rescheduling, or descheduling cannabis. Um, let me just back up and say a couple things that I know that occurred, and you can tell me some of the things that you know. What started was the World Health Organization actually got together and uh, they voted or their recommendation was to reclassify cannabis. That's basically mm-hmm. what they said, reclassify it and look to treat it as a medicine. So the UN voted to reclassify cannabis as medicine. I mean, that means so many different things. I mean, medicine has to go through clinical trials and all those other things, but at least the notion of it's a therapeutic product is out there. And that there. it's not dangerous, right? I think they That's said exactly that it's it. not they said that it's not a dangerous drug. They don't right. classify it with drugs that are dangerous right. anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's not, it's not harmful. But look, 
everything in moderation and there's different things that you can take that's personalized and definitely it does has adverse effects as anything else that's a therapeutic product. You take too much of it or you take something that doesn't adhere to you. Like one of the things, uh, when I take my vitamins supplements in the morning and I, I don't eat breakfast and when mm -hmm. I take them in the morning, one of them I think makes me nauseous. So if I don't mm -hmm. have anything like a little piece of food or anything, that's an adverse effect. Like I'm taking something that's good in my body, but it's making me not feel really well because I'm not correctly consuming it. So like anything else that you would consume. So cannabis is the same way. You consume it correctly, and then you'll right. have a, a positive experience optimally. So and too often with cannabis, because it's not regulated and because it's so all over the place in terms of regulations and government, you know, we don't always know how much to take. The dosage is confusing, I think, to a lot of people, especially people, not like people like you who are very experienced with cannabis, but like I've got the CBD tincture that was just sent to me uh, Kikoko. Um, and it is, it's good stuff. It's ha it's CBD, one milligram of THC, 25 milligrams of CBD. It's got theanine in it, GABA, etc. I like it. I have no idea how much I'm supposed to take of this thing. Am I supposed to take an entire dropper full? Am I supposed to take half a dropper? How do I know? It's got THC in it. Right. I don't want to take too much. It's not a lot of THC, but yeah. And I think the dosing sometimes is very unclear. Well, it's very, it's very unclear and it should say it on there. What is the recommended I mean, says, dose? Yeah, but it, does. it doesn't Once mean that it's specifically for you. I mean, right. your weight, your tolerance, right? All those different things. But yeah. the progression is there may be a uh, descheduling, rescheduling. Mm -hmm. However, this is where our democracy gets involved and uh, things don't happen. So, what I've been reading is they're trying to squeeze in, in the bill itself, they're trying to squeeze in a package that includes funding for people that have been affected by the cannabis industry. So people that have been you know, jailed uh, for cannabis or people that, whose lives have been affected. Mm -hmm. So now there's a whole battle of over money. It has nothing to do with any of that stuff. And let's, I, I'm all for uh, you know, helping people that have been affected. I know the, the a lot of people personally, myself included in certain ways, not to the extent where I didn't luckily spend you know time in jail, my life wasn't ruined, but I know plenty of people that did, and I'm 100% for it. But let's do one step at a time. If we're going to yeah. reclassify or declassify, let's go for it. Let's do that. Let's treat this as a therapeutic wellness substance. Let's get it out of this whole scheduling of narcotics and drugs, and then we can have other programs. But because you have this quid pro quo uh, I'm now starting to have a bad feeling, even though I was really bullish on it in the beginning. I completely agree. I think this is, I mean, I've, I've interviewed cannabis lobbyists in Washington, and they say this is the biggest problem, is that there's basically two things going on here. One is there's a, a real effort to legalize cannabis and to deschedulize it so it's not a Schedule One drug in the right. country anymore, right? And then there is this other uh, social justice issue yeah. with criminalization. They're two separate issues. Honestly, the first one I mentioned is a lot more palpable to politicians than the second one, yeah. I, from what I understanding is. And <clears throat> this is one where everybody's trying to do everything at once. And I get it. Like, if we had Andrew D'Angelo on the show, I'm sure yeah. he would say, we've got to decriminalize this thing. It's ridiculous. I've had, again, I've talked to people who have gone to jail for three years just for carrying marijuana. You oh, know, yeah. I, it's crazy. And that is Looney Tunes. And that will change eventually. But I agree. Like, one thing at a time. This keeps sabotaging the movement. Well, they do it um, all the time. They try to take their own agenda. So I think I wrote it down. It says reinvestment of collateral consequences. That's the right. statement in the bill that they just squeezed in. 
well, I mean, there's so many different definitions of that. Like, what does that mean? I'm affected by cannabis. What are you, what are you going to do? Are you going to give me right. a license first, social equity? Uh, what does that all mean? But at the end of the day, it's this battle over some other language they put in there. They do this with bills all the time. So I'm, I'm just like concerned. Let's I'm worried. Yeah. And also we know that what the Senate is like already and, you know, anything to give them an excuse to shoot this down. Yep. So, so yeah. And that that is worrisome to me. Anyway, yeah, so I'm I'm a little bit uh, sore from my, my hike. I know I went in a different tangent, but I survived it, and it was incredible, and it was a good experience. And you'll never and get cold again, but you survived I, it. I definitely will get cold again, but I did take my <laughs> cannabis uh, uh, tincture afterwards, and it reduced the inflammation in my feet and legs feel much better. So I have my personalized formulation that, that helped um, oh, to recover. Great. So you mentioned the you know Beastie Boys concert and all that stuff. Do you remember the first concert you ever attended? You know, I think I do, but it was the first, so I can't remember. There was two concerts that are the most fresh in my mind. One is that I went to a Grateful Dead concert at Giant Stadium, and I believe that must have been in the sort of mid to late 70s. I remember it very vividly. I went with my friend Adam Schlesinger, the late Adam Schlesinger, great musician who died earlier this year, one of my best friends. He was always very ahead of of me and the music stuff. So he was into the dead. I didn't even know who the Grateful Dead were. I just thought it was cool to go to a concert with his dad. I can't believe his dad took us to a dead concert, first of all, but he did. And I just remember that somebody had fallen from the first um, balcony, like from the upper decks to the to the ground, right? They had flipped, and that was like a big deal. Um, and so that's the, the, the memory, the most of the memory I have from that show is that I had somebody had fallen. I didn't see it happen, but hearing too about too it. Too much acid. Like, yeah, I'm sure it was too much acid. <laughs> So the Grateful Dead, it was either that or it was the Kinks um, uh, in and in um, New Jersey somewhere. And that show is very vivid in my mind, too. And again, Adam Schlesinger took me. He mm-hmm. took me to all the early concerts of my life. He also took me to the police at Shea Stadium with The Clash. Mm-hmm. But I regress and answer your questions three ways. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Dead because I just feel like that must have been my first concert. Um, I'm not a deadhead, but... Indelible memories, you know. I I used to have a Deadhead sticker in the back of my uh, car. No, I didn't. Oh, all, all great shows, by the way. The, the Dead. I, they are. I mean, the Dead, the Police, <clears> and uh, <throat> the Clash opening yeah. for the Police. I mean, come on. That's great. Yeah, I, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a bunch of shit for this. I, I'm not. Yet? A, I'm not a Dead guy. Like, uh, I'll, I'll tell you about I'm my concert. But I'm just. It's not. So I went to a Dead show many, many, many years ago. That was my first one, and I was like. Uh, Maybe I was in the wrong um, psychedelic, or maybe I was wrong wrong drug of choice. It just wasn't connecting to me. It's just jamming and jamming, and twenty minutes goes by, and it's still the same song. And I was like, so I went to the tent outside to the <laughs> disco and hung out with people there, and that, that connected with me. But the last time I was dating this girl who was uh, who was really into the dead, and uh, we went to Dead and Company, and I. Yeah, we did a little bit of uh, microdosing with psilocybin, and it was uh, there was only like that always makes it better a little yeah, bit. Well, it's, it. you know, it's part of the whole uh, ritual. But so uh, it's at the bowl, and uh, you know, John, I think John Mayer, whatever you think of him, I think as a as a guitar player, I think he's incredible. He's just an, mm-hmm. a, a supreme talented guitar player. So I'm on the, the shuttle to get to the the bowl, and uh, I, everybody around me is a big deadhead. So my friend uh, starts talking to the other guys and about like the music, and I'm like, "Hey guys, you got to admit that John Mayer is a better guitar player than Jerry Garcia." Oh shit! <laughs> and I started the whole thing, and they were like, oh "My God, no!" And I'm like, 
Now, I'm not telling you that Jerry Garcia is not better than John. He's overall, that's the that's the soul of the of Grateful Dead. That is, I, I completely think, and I'm not there's no replacing him. I'm just saying as a technical player, John Mayer is way better. So they never agreed with me. But at the end, there was two guys that said, you know what? As a player, technically, he is better. And then my friend uh, ended up passing out at the concert because he had a little bit uh, too much of uh, alcohol with whatever other substance. But John had. Mayer likes his likes his cannabis too. He, he does. Uh, when, <clears throat> when I used to have a delivery service, uh, we used to use um, this is in the gray area. So, but it's it's past. So whatever. Right. <laughs> we used to we used to use Uber drivers. Uh, they, they were uh, you know as before between delivering and my partner one of my partners uh, had an Uber X big Mercedes, so he would pick up people using Uber, and I think the car smelled, so uh, John Mayer, uh, he picked up John Mayer, and he asked him, you know, hey, it smells like weed, do you have any weed? And he ended up selling him weed for a delivery service, so yeah, he likes his cannabis He, he well. likes his book. <laughs> uh, Jimi Hendrix or John Mayer, who's better? Oh, no, Jimi, Jimi Hendrix, uh, I mean, by far, it's... Uh, right, it's not he's close, an, he's, right? an, he's an innovator. I mean, you have Jimi Hendrix, you have Eddie Van Halen, I have... Uh, my 1984 yeah, Van Halen. You know, I mean, you have people that created a certain sound, sound. sound. Like John Mayer, Joe Bonamassa, they're virtuoso. They're, they're from early age. Like Joe, I think he was mentored by B.B. King. When you're a virtuoso and you can, you can play the instrument incredibly, you can do many different things. It doesn't mean that you are an innovator. Like Eddie and Jimmy and a lot of these guys, they create their own style. And we create their own style. It's like, Everybody then follows that style. Right. But, I mean, John is just an incredible player, but he's not. Yeah, he could be like a studio musician or something. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Page. So, uh, anyway, my concert. Uh, yeah. So, my it? first concert was Pink Floyd. That's the first concert they had without Roger Waters when they got back together. It's a JFK stadium in Philadelphia that no longer cool. exists. It, had 100, it held 120,000 people. It was a huge stadium. On that site, they built three stadiums now, so you can imagine how big it is. Right, amazing. And I went with my, my dad and my uncle. Because my dad, I wouldn't say my parents are big music people, but like Beatles and Pink Floyd, and you know, my dad liked that. So he, he's so never, he was into it. He's never been to a concert uh, either, really, like uh, since he was a kid. So he and his brother... Who both like Pink Floyd, and I went, and then two of my friends. So it's three of us and two of them. So we sat; they sat in front of us, and we sat in the seats right behind them. You know, the concert is incredible, and there's a joint that gets passed. This is my first time trying to sneak a joint and pass it around everywhere, and it was loud. And my dad and my uncle they were getting annoyed, and people, you know, they don't they don't know how to be at a concert. Then the guy right behind my dad ended up puking. And he's like, kept okay. bumping into him, puking. And my dad was like, that's it? We're, We're never, out. ever going to another concert again. <laughs> and guess what? We never went to another never concert. Ever, ever. That was the first and last concert that we ever went to together, which is fine. I, I've been to I mean, you know, hundreds and hundreds of I get of it. Shows. I've taken my kid to a lot of concerts. And every time I take him, I'm like, I don't, ne- I don't necessarily need to do this again. But yeah, I mean, concerts are tough. I love it. I love it. I do love them, but uh, but it can be it can be. I remember going to a baseball game with my dad, and like, I, you know, I'd always beg him to take me to Yankees games. He took me to a game, and just the guys behind us, 
were like just screaming profanities like you motherfucking fucker fuck <laughs> and eventually my father being my father turned around and said you know could you guys just you know keep the tone the language down i'm with my son or whatever <laughs> trying to be very reasonable with a bunch of drunk <laughs> construction workers from new jersey that came right, to a yankee yeah. game they stared him i was so scared they stared him down and then they made it worse like they upped it like you know suck on my balls you (laughs) fucking queer and it was like uh it was bad so i I, subsequently i never went to another game with my father uh baseball game i don't think he ever took me to a concert i I mean i'm from philly so i mean that's uh, (laughs) we went to one we went to one game and that that's if you don't hear any of that stuff and yeah, there's something it's wrong. Rare. There's not but at I, least ten fights so, in, within the oh, five, I mean, especially if you go like the worst. This is an order. The worst is a Dallas Cowboys game. Then yeah. it's like a Redskins. They're not called Redskins. I don't know what they're called now. I don't think they have a they're name. They're called the Washington Football Team. Or something <laughs> national. They are the Which, Wash. They are. They're called the Washington Football Team. <laughs> I mean, I mean, all right. I, I'm, yeah. I'm all about political correctness and all that stuff. Right. But I, They've got to come up with a name. Come up with a name. I mean, the Washington football team. So so the Washington... The dysfunctions. The Washington, <laughs> D.C. dysfunctionals. Anyway. So, yeah. So that team, the old Redskins, and then the Giants. There used to be a stadium called the Veterans Stadium. Veterans but, Stadium. And if anybody remembers... Famously where Queen performed... Yes. Right. No, in, no. In, uh, Queen, isn't, Queen performed isn't that Queen Wembley. Isn't Queen Then they performed Wembley during Live Aid. No, okay, but there's something great that happened. Maybe it was Farm Aid. Something great happened at Veterans Stadium. Well, We've got to look that well, up. Well, Live Aid was, but what they were doing is they were doing, Live Aid. Two, they were doing two stadiums. Queen, yes. Queen was in Wembley. Wembley. God, I got it wrong again. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry. Right. Yeah, Queen, of course Queen was at Wembley. Yeah, but it was, but anyway- Incredible, incredible! Yeah, Live Aid was was. Uh, so Live Aid was coming from, but let me just get, let me just make sure I'm not completely senile. Live Aid was a concert that happened between Wembley Stadium and the stadium in D- in Philly. Yes, correct. Yeah, the stadium, Veteran Stadium. Yeah, yeah. It's no, it no, was in yeah. Philly. It was in Philly and London. So Wembley, I remember uh, that. This All right, I'm sorry. You okay. were you were saying about your so yes, that was a last. So this stadium was infamous for having its own court in the okay. basement of the stadium. They had. Judge Seamus something, they could actually get people. That's how bad it was. It had to have wow. its own court. So Incredible. And you're sitting in the 700 level of Veterans Stadium, which is where I used to sit because that's where the action happens. Football is not the best sport to actually go watch live. It just moves really, really fast and then slow between plays and commercials yeah, and all that stuff. It's, bad. it's, it's much better watching TV, but for an atmosphere just to kind of get out there and feel it. Man, that was just the most incredible experience. So you have you have characters are, are like uh, you have a guy, especially Dallas games. You have a guy uh, that sits there and they do the Eagles chant, and the one guy has a rope with mm-hmm. hats that he burns of different teams. So he burns at the end of the game the hat and a partially burned hat. He puts in the rope. Then you have this guy that dressed like an eagle, and this construction worker. Anyway, all these different characters. So we're playing uh, the Cowboys. And it's really cold, so we're like, you know, drinking or sitting there freezing. And uh, there was a Dallas Cowboy fan, and this is a I big mistake. You, you just, yeah, you just do, do not say anything. Don't even wear your gear. Like I'm no. just telling people, I mean, you for can your really own, literally be killed for your own safety. The guy stood up and said, first they were fucking with him the entire uh, game. Then he stood up and said something because Dallas made a play, or I don't remember. Man, he took such a beating. They were pummeling him. Not only that, but then they got his shoe. And they took his shoes. And his shoes 
were paraded around the stadium like it was some sort of trophy <laughs> where we Jeez. we won <laughs> mob mentality oh I my know. god it's it was just terrifying it was just an, an insane i would never ever ever take my daughter you know to the new the link the link is uh, is much more family friendly but the old veteran stadium there i would have never taken her to see an eagles game yeah. but here in la uh when i go to mellow. see Oh my God! We we when we although, went, although a, 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 a um, San Francisco uh, fan was killed in the parking lot a few years ago, oh, so well. it's not that mellow. <laughs> it's definitely not not that mellow. But yeah. I'll tell you from personal experience, last two no, seasons, family. Yeah. yeah, I went to watch the Eagles uh, Rams. I like the Rams, but you know I'm, I'm an Eagles fan, and I would say at least half the stadium was the Eagles fans, and they were in the Rams uh, fans' faces and all that stuff, and everything was cool. I didn't see any fights or anything. It was friendly back and forth, but yeah, those Eagles fans, they really take over. They're bad. (laughs) You know, I always feel bad for LA. All the fans, it always, whenever I go to games that have like a really popular fan base, like a Chicago Cubs game, there's always so many more fans of the other team. (laughs) LA fans are, I mean, they're diehard, but like, I don't know, they just get outnumbered by the Boston Red Sox fans. If you you look at the sports, Lakers, they get a lot of like Lakers fans. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, maybe the Dodgers. Dodgers too. I was gonna say, but but football was never there was never a football yeah. team here. I know the Rams. I know. I mean, Rams went to St. Louis. They were here, and then they left, and then back. There's and no forth. loyalty. No, and and the, the Raiders and the Raiders went to Vegas now. So they, they don't have right. That too. What, yeah. So that was my first concert, and uh, quite an interesting experience. Just to switch uh, subjects for a sec, I was talking to a friend of mine. And they were telling me how much teachers influenced them in their in their life. And they were saying, mm. uh, you know, I had these incredible teachers, and they did this, and they did that. And I remember Mrs. So-and-so and Mr. So-and-so. So I went back, and I'm, I was actually rereading some of the chapters of my book because I was going through editing process. And I'm like, I don't talk about any of that stuff. Do I actually remember my teachers? Is there a mm. teacher that made an impact in my life? And no. The answer is no. <laughs> There was wow. no, I, I can barely remember my teacher's name. I remember some of the ones that uh, I had some incidents with that I can <laughs> uh, I can talk about. Those stood out in my mind. But a teacher took my hand and said, okay, you know, I, I'm going to, uh, you're a diamond rough or you're an underachiever. I'm going to help you. Nothing like that. So I was wondering if you had, and then I'll, I'll tell, tell a few I, of my quick stories. I feel fortunate then. I can't say that I've had a lot of teachers that have, but I have definitely had, there's two teachers that really stand out. Um, and, and interestingly enough, in my professional life, when I got to be a grown-up, I, w- I, revi- I visited them in, in different capacities. And I'll tell you, the first teacher was my fourth grade teacher, Mr. Roberts, who I, has seemed to have disappeared off the face of the earth. I've, I looked him up recently. He used to be on my Facebook, and I, I'm worried that he might not be with us anymore. But I, I can't explain how profound Mr. Roberts was in my life. And not because he was like a great teacher. Like, I don't think I learned a single thing about, in fact, I was behind, I think the next year because his class was so academically unrigorous. But what he did was he, I can't believe that this was even allowed. He set up this little, he would, he would have these little competitions during the year where we'd all do these things. We had this thing called the laugh game, for example, where we'd all sit around in a circle and somebody would be in the middle of the circle and he would have to try to make everybody in the circle laugh. I mean, this is a school class, right? And I, I thankfully won that one year. I actually was able to make everybody in the class laugh, except for this <laughs> one kid was really tough kid named John Vermont. It was very hard to make laugh, but I had one little move that I did that made him laugh at the end. Um, What's the move? 
Uh, it's it was horribly um, offensive, but there was a I won't even explain it because it's horrible. But let's just say that I I smushed my nose and I said smidget, and it, it referred to uh, a, a, a extremely offensive and unpolitically correct reference. Um, but it made him laugh very very loud. And so, but anyway, when you when you won these contests, there was all sorts of contests. He would give you candy at the end of the month. You would get fake money, and then you would go to he would have a candy mm. store set up, and 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 you could buy candy. You learn mm. the value of money by being able to buy candy with the money that you earned in these. It was incredible. So Mr. Roberts totally took me out of my shell. That's awesome. Uh, I I thank him, and then later I went and visited Mr. Roberts um, at the same school. And wrote an article about him, just about how influential he was in my life. That's um, cool. So he's gone. Uh, I don't know where he is. Mr. Roberts, if you're listening to this, I still love you, Jeff Roberts. Then there was Miss Blanche Boyd, who I interviewed on my podcast a few years ago. She was a writing teacher, the best writing, the, probably the reason I became a writer. She just was a working writer, a Southerner, like real, had terrible alcohol, recovering alcoholic real southern voice and mm. and you know like those southern writers they're just they're so intense and uh she was gay and she was just raw and she loved writing so much and she would read to us in every class she would read these stories to us and just like mesmerize us with the way she told stories and she just she encouraged me to continue writing she does not remember me right but i interviewed her on my now she remembers me because i she just released a book and i put her on my podcast and then she was like you know now we've become best buddies but blanche boyd I had somebody recently I talked to. I said, who's your favorite writer ever? She didn't know anything about my past. She goes, oh, Blanche Boyd. And I was like, really? Wow. She was my teacher. And, you know, she's pretty well known, I guess. But anyway, Blanche Boyd. Um, That's awesome, man. I don't know if that's interesting. But that's interesting that you never had any teachers. Well, I had teachers who I remember. But that, 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 like, impact. No, no. And that's the whole thing. Look, it's partially maybe me because I, you know, school was an interesting experience for me all the way through when I was a, a little kid, I skipped first grade altogether. I really didn't even know English. There was yeah. only one other uh, Russian-speaking guy in my whole school. And they, they paired us up, and he was supposed to be my guy. So, you know, it took me a little while. Kids would bully, and they would make fun and, you know, accent and all that stuff. So I would just get in a lot of fights. So I would get in trouble all the time. So I remember teachers that were trying to punish me all all the time. Yeah, you remember school. those? Dis- I remember the worst teacher, Miss Herb, second grade, the worst, the worst. Oh, I, yeah. that's that's all yeah. I remember. So I had a Mister Roberts yeah. too. By the way, that was my gym teacher, and he was Jamaican, and he was like a, a medal winner, or at least he said at the time. I, I didn't fact <laughs> check. Say that right. <laughs> he won some sort of medal for Jamaica, but he was Mister Roberts. He was so cool in the way he dressed, and he was just like. But what he would do is, he had this wiffle ball bat. I mean, so. There was no way anybody could get away with this stuff. Yeah, now. I know that's the thing. But yeah, we would cl- try to climb ropes, and he would smack us with a wiffle ball bat so we go up faster. But I just li- really like the style. And if you're if you're out of line, he would come up and smack you with a w- uh, wiffle ball bat too. Oh so, but he was he was really cool. I, I really remember him. And then there was a, another guy who was my home, my French teacher. I can talk about names, right? Mister Lupin. So Mister Lupin. Mister Lupin. Yeah, Mister okay. Lupin is <laughs> he's he's uh, he's Lupin. He, Deceased. I'm sure it's Mr. Lupin. <laughs> Lupin. Yeah. Lupin. Yeah, Lupin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, Mr. Lupin, Lupin is uh, is deceased from what I found out a few yes. years back. And he passed away many years ago uh, from AIDS. And mm. uh, I, I always had my suspicions, and this is not in any accusatory. Uh, so if anybody has right. any, knows Mr. Lupin, I don't know anything as a fact. This is just my own opinion of right. the interaction. He would pick on me like all the time. And then one time 
he got me in the office and he started yelling at me, like really in my face and telling me to go back to Russia. I'm like, I'm not even from Russia, but okay, <laughs> but I'll go to Russia. Again, if you yeah. But he was in my face and he was just, he was yelling at me and I got so mad. I picked up a chair and I threw it at him and I missed and I broke the glass in the, like uh, in the office with a chair. Wow. So uh, that's Mr. Lupin. But uh, yeah, he passed away uh, from AIDS as far as I know, could be wrong, but that's what I was told. The other teacher I remember is Mr. And the, these are all the teachers I remember for not the best reasons. There was Mr. Fox. who uh, The reason why I remember him is he was the most monotone guy I've ever heard. He would just talk like this the whole time. And then if you're talking mm-hmm. out loud and if you're making a noise, he would say zip, zip. And he would give you zips. And he would go on his uh, board and he would write Mr. May or Len, whatever, or Leonard. And he would write this, how many zips I have. And you get four <laughs> and then the the fifth one is a line through that and then you stay after you have detention or something like that so i would always be on the leaderboard of zips so i remember because i just couldn't keep quiet yeah. that was my that was i was disruptive in class i couldn't keep quiet i would always talk and it's your add my add yeah but they, we, you would have been diagnosed now you would you would have had a shadow now or something yeah they wouldn't have well they would have put <laughs> they me on some sort of drugs as they do now yeah like, exactly you got there you go now you can sit quiet and do anything so I just was bored completely. And then my last teacher was uh, Mr. Cohen, and that's the one that actually got me expelled because we had an incident. Look, I was an asshole kid because I was disruptive because ADD and other things. I was just super bored. I may have told this story before, and if I did, I'm kind of repetitive. But it's the thing where the guy gave the test every other year, and I ended up getting his tests. So I would just show up. I would cut his class, and I would just show up to take tests. So when I took the tests... I would never get like 100%. I'd try to get like an A minus, a B plus, just to get a couple of questions wrong on purpose. I think he was on to me, but he never figured out what I'm doing to cheat. So one day I decided to go to class and this person comes in and uh, uh, from the office and they have a pink slip. Like when you get a pink slip, it means that you're getting called down to the office, like you're in trouble. So I said, hey, is this for me? And he said, well, no, but it could be if you want it. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. And he's like, oh, really? Oh, you don't give a shit? So now it's going to be you. I'm like, well, oh man, well, great. Fuck you and you know all this stuff. And I'm in disrupting class again. And he had enough of me. And he goes, you're it. coming with me. I'm like, all right. So I drop my book. You know, I give him the finger, everybody, and disrupting the class as I, as I uh, did many times. So we go into another office in the school. Nobody's there. No teacher, just me and him. And he closes the door and locks it and comes up to me. I don't remember what he exactly said, but he was like, you little motherfucker, you think you're so-and-so. And then he takes his hand, open palm, and he smacks me across the face really, really hard. Whoa. It's hard, like really hard. So yeah. my initial reaction to that is I punched him. Wow. I turned around and I smacked him. And he, he sat down, like he lost his balance, sat down, in a metal circular trash can that they had in the office. So he sat in it like this, and uh, and then he got up, like shook it off, and then he opened the door, and he started walking really fast back to his uh, um, classroom. So I started following him, and he closed the door, and he locks it, and he's on the phone. I'm like, and I'm knocking the door. Hey, let me in. What's up? Yeah. And then they calls down, security comes, and they take me out of the office, and I'm like, the motherfucker hit me. And they didn't believe me. And I'm just defending right. myself. So they were going to, they were suspending me. And it was the last day of uh, like uh, sp- uh, spring break was starting. 
I got, you know, whatever. I was so fucking pissed. And I was the only one out of my friends at a car. So I would drive everybody, my girlfriend, my girlfriend's friend, everybody would get. How old were you at this time? Uh, This is 11th grade in high school. Okay. This 11th grade high school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. um, This is the high school that I got kicked out of and uh, expelled. And they had a whole trial for me for this. So I'm driving in the parking lot, going home with all my friends. And I see uh, Mr. Cohen. He had a, a hatchback. And he's putting like things in the back of his hatch. So I floor it. And I'm like, I am fucking running this bitch over. And I'm going, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going for him. But I really didn't, I wasn't going to, but I just wanted to scare the shit out of him. I was so pissed. And uh, I'm driving towards him. And my friend Steve, who was sitting in the front, he grabbed the wheel. I wasn't going to hit him. He grabbed the wheel and kind right. of went to the side. So, But I saw Mr. Cohen as I was going close to me. He saw me. And he sort of jumped in the back of his station wagon. So I can avoid No way. Him. So I never hit him, but he thought I was going to. And I was, thought it was a big victory that I won. I scared the shit out of this guy. No. So uh, a long story short, or long story even longer, one of the girls on my, on my street worked in the office. And she uh, told my, my friend that I was expelled for running Mr. Cohen over with his car because he had to go to the hospital afterwards and whatever it happened was like. He was full of shit. Wow. So they had a whole trial for me. And the guy from the school district is like, look, man. They had a trial, like a school trial? A school like trial a for the school district. I had to have character witnesses. My mom wow. and all this stuff. And it was like, and the guy told me, he's like, I know you didn't hit him. I know you didn't do anything, but they're not going to let you graduate from the school. I have a friend in this other school that's in a different district, but if they like you, you can go there. So the third report period, whatever that month is. Oh, right after spring break. I ended up transferring to another school, Northeast High, and I was there the last two months of uh, the year, and I graduated from there in senior year. But it was. Were you successful in running over any teachers at that second school? I was not successful. No, not not for lack of trying. Okay. Though I, I did make some <laughs> right. attempts, but I was always yeah, I, I always mean, fail. Disappointing. You know what it was? I had this Trans Am that had uh, that had this uh, the, the lights going around the license plate, and it was it was like five percent tint everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> and so they saw me coming a mile away. They could hear my horn and, and my lights. <laughs> See, if you were driving a Prius today, they probably wouldn't have heard it. Absolutely, you, you that's, that's the best car to run over a teacher. <laughs> All right. That's crazy. I don't have any stories about uh, hitting teachers or or almost hitting them with a car. So I'm jealous in some ways. <laughs> I think you've trumped my all my stories about violence of teachers. The the only bad experience I ever had, you know, there was a teacher that we had named Mr. Blaha. Rest in peace, who actually was hit by a car and died, but not by a student. I didn't do um, it, but he, <laughs> not me. Yeah, it wasn't you. Yeah. He would say, you know, he was like our first, second grade music teacher, and he would say, hi, my name is Mr. Blaha, and I just could not stop laughing. Every time he said the name Blaha, I just thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. It's and funny he, now. You know, it's funny now. And me and my friend Matt would just, and who's still a good friend of mine, we would laugh and laugh. We could not stop. And he would say, you know, okay, I'll wait until you're done. And we you know, like when a teacher tells you you can't laugh, it is oh, it's, hard. It's you're just best. shaking like, oh, I've done it so many times. Know, and that. and uh, he, every time, I mean, just remember he put Mr. Blaha up on, on the board and we just lost it. And then when I found out he was killed by a, in a car accident, I was, I felt incredibly guilty, but. Um, well, you didn't do it. All right. Well, we digress. So, yeah. So I. I laughed a lot of teachers. Um, I I wanted to strike a lot of my teachers. Yeah. I know that one of the teachers once threw my friend Peter was talking and he spun around and threw his eraser at him. Yeah. And he was a baseball teacher, so he had a really good arm, <laughs> and it hit Peter right in the eye, gave him a shiner. 
I mean, can you imagine any of this stuff happening now? I mean, that guy would be like on like CNN. I, I mean, it would be like a huge like international incident. I had right? so many experiences like that that I even blocked out of disciplinarians right. or vice principal grabbing me in the hall and like holding me by my right. shirt and I mean, throwing me up against the wall. They used to hit people with a They used to actually hit people on the head. Oh, Mr. Roberts would hit me. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't, you know, yeah. I didn't go to a Catholic to school, so I didn't get beat by a nun but, or anything of like that. Yeah. But, yeah. That they, sounds they, almost they, pleasant. Um, um, I'm, not, I'm not even going all right. with the almost. Yeah, I won't go there. First of all, so who was that? Tell us a little bit about who that was. Uh, yes, yeah, so this was Charles Bradley, and uh, the song is called Changes. And the reason why, there's a couple, well, first of all, what did you think of the song? And, I'll, and then I'll tell you. It's a beautiful song, and, and the video is pretty powerful because it's just a close-up of his face. Yeah. He's not even singing. It's just expression. Yeah, well, expression. You, I, I highly recommend that people see the live version. He explains it so I'll tell you a couple of reasons why I uh, I chose that that song. Uh, number one, Charles Bradley passed away last year. He was not famous most of his life, and in, just an incredible, incredible talent. And yeah. uh, he became famous and popular because of this song, uh, basically. Mm-hmm. The second reason why is that song is a cover song. Uh, the mm-hmm. original song is done by... Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne, and it's a oh, wow. and it's a completely different version. He didn't know when he was asked to sing this song, and he didn't when he heard the original version. He said no, and what happened was his mom was passing away, and uh, he spent the last moments of her life like holding her hand. And that song, he said, the second verse of that song, which uh, you didn't get to hear, connected with him so much. And when he does the live version of it. It's like you can feel all the emotion come out of it. It's such a beautiful, incredible, touching uh, song. 
And uh, then it's also the theme song of one of my favorite animated shows now called Big Mouth. Uh, Nick Kroll. Oh, it is? Yeah, Nick Kroll uh, created that show, Big yeah, Mouth. Great show. Yeah, so that's the theme song of, of uh, Big Mouth. Uh, of uh, oh. uh, Yeah, so Charles Bradley. And, uh, I, and I, I wanted to choose that because it's Ozzy's, uh, uh, Ozzy Osbourne's birthday today and my mom's birthday today. They share a birthday. Oh. So it all kind of goes together. So that's- uh, What a that's great day. Changes what a great- by Charles Bradley. That is, and I recommend, yeah, seeing the live version, I'll have to watch that. But the, just even the version you showed me, like his emotion is so amazing in that. It's powerful, like kind of powerful, it, powerful. It changes it. Yeah. I don't feel like my choice <laughs> is as interesting as yours. My choice, to be honest with you, was just these days, you and I know so much of the same music, so this is actually fairly challenging to do this. Have you heard thing with yeah. you? Because everything that I like, you pretty much like, and, and especially if it's from the old school, you're going to have heard it. But now I've kind of resorted to my son, you know, our wonderful times in the car together when I'm driving him to this thing or that. He always has to play me something. And I think I've said this in this podcast before. I don't want to be what my dad used to always do, which is to say, oh, this sounds like this. Or, you know, he would know he's like, he would never, like, he liked what I played him, but he'd always kind of like compare it to something else. Or like, have you heard this? You know, if you like this, you should hear this. And he would, he's like, so I'm trying to like just respect, this is what he likes. And he played me an artist that I was not that familiar with or was not familiar with at all. Mm. And it's a guy by the name of Mr. Scruff. Mm. Think of life without music. Silence the whole day long. Ears that don't hear rhythm. Words without a song. Just don't know what to do. How could I live out my days? Would I be getting up, wishing my life away? When the drums come calling, the bass line pulls you in. Sounds of regal splendor, fit for a king and queen. Secrets of the universe, the mysteries of life. And the things that don't make sense all come clear because the music takes me up. All right. That was good, right? I was great, man. It reminded me of like us three cantaloupe uh, type of a vibe, if anybody yeah. remembers that. Really totally kind of us three. And it, you know, I think so. Mr. Scruff, my experience, I am uh, doing a little research on him. He's a DJ. Yeah. He kind of has a little bit of a fat boy slim, like an English DJ yeah. from Manchester. Mm-hmm. He definitely has a little bit of a fat boy slim thing going on where he kind of takes like old kind of sounding retro jazzy things. Although I looked that up, the only thing he sampled from that was the drum beat. The rest of it is, I guess, original. Yeah, it's which is there's cool. there's a whole movement. There was a guy named FJK, which I'll, I'll play for you. People who are DJs and who also play all the instruments, and they kind of yeah, like it used to I be it used to be Fatboy Slim, DJ Shadow, like these guys, the, they're producers, but these new ones they play all the instruments. So I it's freaking I, show I, off. I love that. I know they and, do it all. And by the way, the video is great. It, it's it's fruit. It's this lemon that has a face <laughs> on it singing, and all these little fruit. Are playing uh, the instruments. And it, the it reminds me of the Angry Orange. It was before <laughs> yeah, the Angry exactly. Orange. Remember the Angry Orange? Yeah. I think it came out in 2006. So yeah, it's a little pre-YouTube. Um, thank you. I, I really liked Mr. Scruff. So a big ups to Elijah Small. Yeah. For uh, turning his dad on to that. Yeah, I've heard uh, Mr. Daddy's Scruff before, but not that song. So I appreciate yeah, you turning me on. It's to the jam. That. It's really, it's really good. All right. So I have a challenge 
yeah. this is going to be uh, difficult. And if you want me to go first, because I thought about it, you have to go first. Because right. when you started telling me about, it, I was like, I can't even. So this is this is the challenge, and I I think somebody I I read somebody doing it somewhere on the internet, and I thought it was like, man, this is pretty cool. Like, let's make let's make a song. So the idea is you pick an MC. Uh, obviously, it's mm-hmm. hip hop. You choose your chorus featured artist guest or uh, uh, whatever you want to call that featured artist on the on the track they sometimes they call it a chorus artist like uh like beyonce as i was saying on, on jay-z's track yeah. or something like that or nate dog was probably one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. guys that ever did that because he was still yeah. he could sing but he, he was still hard new, you know what i'm saying all so guys all the death row guys yeah, yeah. and then uh, the producer who's producing the track kind of thing so mm. that's the challenge you want me to go first wow you go oh you totally go okay. first so I have two different variations, and I'll tell you why. One of them is my money-making gen, uh, version, meaning that I believe that this is going to be a hit. Like, if you put these three people together, this is a hit. My other version is what I really would love. Like, this is my ideal. I don't know if it's going to be a hit, but I, I would love to see or hear uh, this combination. So I'll go uh, first with, uh, with the one that I think is going to be a hit. So my MC is Snoop. <laughs> That's, yeah, I mean, I love him. Okay. All right. And my... He always makes tracks better. Right. My... Feature the Chronic. Feature, the chronic. Featured artist is Missy Elliott. Wow. Ding, 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 dong. And my producer for this is Pharrell. Interesting. I think it's all great choices. A song that would blow up that's what i'm saying i think once that comes together it's going to be that song that an anthem song that everybody listens to on the radio i love that you picked pharrell that's that was that's pretty because i figured man i was like you know what who is the most interesting producer has got every single time he touches anything and it's unique and having missy being really unique and they have this virginia connection too and then you have snoop who you know who's just the flow is so recognizable that I think everybody will connect to it. So that, that's sort of my produced. I think that would be a great, I need to think about this more. I'm going to do it off the spur of my, okay. and then I get to do a do over next okay. week when I actually do right. think about this a little bit more. So I was thinking one of my favorite producers outside of the hip hop realm is Trevor Horn. Do you know Trevor Horn? No. So Trevor Horn was in the Buggles who sung Video Killed Oh, yeah, 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 of course. And then then he's a singer. That's the first video on MTV. Yeah, the first video ever. He's that guy with the glasses. Then he went on to have this incredible... Then he went into Yes, the band Yes. Then he went on to have this incredible career as a producer. And one of the songs that he produced that I just had such an impact on me as far as production goes was the song Crazy by Seal. If you ever listen to that song with with headphones on, the production on that song is so incredible. And... I just love Trevor Horn. I mean, he, if you look at his Wikipedia page, you'll see he's done so many hit songs. And he's just one of these guys that has a great sound. I feel like I trust him with anything. Like, you just give Trevor Horn. I was going to say Quincy Jones. That's kind of corny. But you know that Trevor Horn is going to blow it up. Amazing. My featured rapper, that's a tough one. Because I've heard new Rakim, and he doesn't sound, his flow isn't like it was mm-hmm. back in the 80s. So I would worry that he wouldn't have the same kind of flow that I love, that I fell in love with in 1989 or 1988. Jay-Z. 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 No, no, not Jay-Z. I think I'm going to go with Q-Tip because Q-Tip still does have the flow. And if you listen to Q-Tip's latest album, 
and I know we you had sent me a link that he's now going to do a posthumous album yeah. with Fife Dog yeah. as well, which I'm really excited about. But a Q-Tip, I think, would just be incredible. Now, Trevor Horn and Q-Tip together, I don't know. Trevor Horn probably hasn't produced a record in 20 years, so I don't know if that would work, but we I would just hope for the best. And then my featured artist, you know, there's one guy, when he sings backup on any song, it's always a hit, and he's completely um, not underrated because he's, in my world, he's like a god, but his name is Michael McDonald. Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> Michael McDonald? If you had Michael McDonald. Freedom? Are you fucking I mean, yeah. Me? I mean, the if you best. put Michael McDonald on the background, I mean, I don't even think people realize how many songs he sung backup for in the 70s yeah. and early 80s. Well, the guy was like a Doobies just genius. got uh, into the Hall of Fame, too. And then they had, yeah, they had two different it. Doobie brothers. They had before Michael McDonald and then after Michael McDonald because one of the guys in the band left. And then Michael McDonald came in and so you bring Mike McDonald. He he's the back of Ride Like the Wind. Oh, he amazing. he's you know and of course all the Doobie Brothers he sung. Wow! I, I, it, don't even get me started. I love Michael McDonald. Mm. I love his voice. I have a soft. We don't talk about yacht rock, but I do have a sort of a soft spot for <laughs> yeah. yacht rock. I love. I just it. love. I, I just love, love that category. It's called yacht rock because I was telling. I know it's uh, not really a real thing. No, because I was telling my partner it. about it, and he's like, uh, "I'm like, you're a yacht rock guy," and he's like, "What does that even mean?" I'm like. I you know, I started mentioning. It wasn't called I'm yacht like, rock back then. Like, it was uh, called soft yeah. rock. I'm like Jimmy, your easy Buffett, rock, America. Yeah. You know all these. Right. He's like, yeah, I love those guys. Journey. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Steely That's Dan. It's Steely Dan. It's Steely Dan. Yeah, I love that music. Yeah. But anyway, he's the god of yacht rock, and I went to a yacht rock concert at the Bowl with him and Kenny Loggins and Chris, Chris, and Chris. Um, sailing, uh, takes me way to where I'm green. Oh. Christopher you know, Cross. Chris, Christopher Cross and Christopher Cross is again one of the gods these are the three gods of Yacht Rock Kenny Loggins um, but anyway I love Michael McDonald that was me on the spot just thinking like who's like one of it. my favorite backup singers of all time there's a great sketch about Michael McDonald's doing Ride Like the Wind I recommend it it was on SCTV look it up on YouTube it's one of the funniest things you have ever seen in your life but anyway, that's my right. very, very mm. odd trio. No, I like it. I think I like it. I think if I really had to put together a, a hit record, I'd probably pick the guy who just produced the latest Taylor Swift record. That guy is the uh, the hit maker yeah. of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Max Martin. Yeah, Max Martin. So Max yeah. Martin is the guy you want right now if you want a hit yeah. song. But I don't know if I like his music that much, yeah. but he definitely has some. Well, that's why music. I picked Pharrell. I think he's a. Yeah, Pharrell's great. I actually had the pleasure of, of sitting in on a Pharrell session once. Where that he was <clears throat> just for about an hour that he was doing with Usher, oh, kind of wow, watching yeah. him. Work, I had I had a couple really of really freaking cool uh, runs with uh, Usher too, but we don't have to talk about it now. But there was a show on Netflix, and we can talk about it. They picked the greatest gospel choir of all time. It's like a singers, and they they have to qualify. To it. And it's Pharrell is on that show, and it's Pharrell's uncle's church, and the people's voices that are on it. I mean, it's just fantastic. My rapper would be Kendrick Lamar. I mean, mm -hmm. to me, I think he's uh, right now, currently, I mean, he's not a young yeah, rapper anymore, but it's uh, Mount Rushmore. of. He's young to me, by the way. <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> like, to me, he's, a, he's, he's young. He's a current <laughs> rapper. I think he's a current rapper. When I tell my daughter, he's like, no, he's been around for a while. I'm like, all right, okay, he's not. But to me- But they, she loves him, right? I mean, oh, my yeah, kids yeah, have yeah. a tremendous- He's, he's fantastic. Yeah. My chorus singer slash, uh, you know, guest, I was trying to, come up with one I, I have one or the other labyrinth and sam smith because they do this duet together it's it's just amazing they sing in this uh 
they both complement each other's voices, but uh, you know, either Labyrinth or Sam Smith, one of those. But I think it would be fantastic because I don't think they ever did that before either of them. And then my producer yeah. would be uh, my favorite producer, Rick Rubin. Oh man! And that Rick Rubin. Why did I not say Rick Rubin? Mm-hmm. See, you got me on the Rick Rubin. I mean, uh, Rick it. Rubin. Although he's yeah, he has done incredible. I don't think people even realize the songs that Rick Rubin's produced. It's so shocking. Like it, it, it like it's Tom Petty songs oh. and. Yeah, yeah, everything. I mean, it goes on. <clears throat> yeah, I would, I would highly recommend. There's a there's a, a docu series on Showtime. It's called Shangri La. Yeah. Yes, my friend. Shout out to to my friends who are executive producers on that show. I'm very familiar. Oh, with I love. Yeah. shout out to my friend Diana Schmiedemann. If anybody knows Rick Rubin, please Shrippy. let's have him, let's have him on the show. They didn't even get to meet him. <laughs> they produced him. He's my um, favorite all time, and that's my guy. Yeah, he is. He's the legend. I would be, he's somebody that I would be intimidated to talk to. Like there's a few people in the world that would intimidate me. He would make me nervous. I would do it. You know, I just tried to get a, an interview with Obama. He's another one that I wanted uh, to talk to for a nice. long time. Yeah, I was, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I, so my intimidating moment, my, my, my daughter still laughs at me to this day. And then, so I'm a, I'm a big Def Jam fan, obviously, you know, so yeah. I was at uh, Sun Cafe in, in the, in the Valley. It's like a, a vegan restaurant. And every once in a while you run to uh, like any Lennox was there. Uh, from Eurythmics mm-hmm. and people don't know a bunch of different people so I walk out and Russell Simmons is there wow. I walked up to Russell Simmons and I said thank you so much for your contribution and shook his hand he was so gracious my daughter was like what the fuck is he a veteran what do you mean thank you I'm, yeah. I'm like I didn't thank you for the service, service. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to say I was so uh, yeah. I don't know if I was starstruck like I, I need to say something because it's like oh my god it's Russell Simmons and he was so gracious, so nice, but I didn't know what to say to him. So I thanked him for, yeah. the, for his contribution. <laughs> I know. That's better than, yeah, than saying something like, oh, my God, I'm sucker. You know, I, I've been listening to Def Jam Records for blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Yeah, I would just get all tongue-tied. I no idea what to say, but it was uh, he was really nice. And uh, Well, we fun. should do that. The, 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 I think Have we done that where we had the people that you would most like to interview? No. And then also the people that you would least like to I mean, I have a list like of uh, people I'd like to interview on our show. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Yes, we have this a great master list. It's a good wish list. Yeah, well, you know what? Let's do uh, this. I, on but show. I think the people we most least like to interview too. Like, who would just annoy us to no end? But with you know, that would be interesting. Hillary, or not? Hillary? A Hillary? Yeah, no. Because I, I don't think like it'd be genuine. Hillary. That's the only reason why it would, it would be hard. It would be a hard yeah, interview. There would not be. Yeah, there would not so be fake. any genuine answer that was given. It would be, all be scripted. With uh, you know the same. Phase. I don't think she's even capable of giving that, a genuine answer. I mean. And I voted for Hillary Clinton, but I that's don't it. think that that's her strong suit. Yeah. Well, I guess Donald Trump then <laughs> would be somebody that I would probably have a lot of trouble interviewing. I think it would be really fun. Uh, it would just be so unpleasant. <laughs> so this is great. Yeah. This has been a great episode. I think we have a guest coming up in our next yeah. episode. I'm yeah. excited about that. You guess. And uh, thank you, Lynn. Thank you, John. Everyone, please share more songs i'd love to stump john it's getting really difficult so subscribe and give us some songs give us some obscure songs that uh, you know john or or i haven't heard we'd love to uh to share so thank you all so much we have to have a a, a salutation we have to have a a ending like be well live long and be well okay live long until we meet again peace out and peace out we'll see you next we'll think of a better one (laughs) all right see you next time take care peace
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has kind of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects Network.